Hello, and welcome back to Madness in the Method, the podcast where we talk about Nicolas Cage and all the movies he has made. And we're trying to figure out why he made them, how they came to be made, and why he is the way he is. Uh, my name is Tobias, and with me, as always, is my friend and trusty co-host, Christopher. Hello, everyone. Hello. And in today's episode, we are looking at the uh, 1994 Christmas-themed comedy, sort of, Trapped in Paradise. Um, which is uh, sort of very fitting, because we talked about this in the last episode. Uh, we're recording this a bit in advance. So, this will probably be out the 28th of December, so we're just missing Christmas. Um, but maybe that's appropriate, because we talked about uh, the Christmas spirit in last week's episode, uh, uh, when we talked about It Could Happen to You. And while this movie is actually a Christmas movie, um, uh, I'm going uh, you know, I'm, maybe I'm spoiling my opinion here, but I, I, this wasn't as good. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't, I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll is, get to that. Isn't it as good just specifically in a Christmas uh, thing or just as a movie in a whole? Um, well, this is specifically a Christmas movie. So, in that way, it is better. But as a movie, mm. well, much worse. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, we should actually get into the actual conversation and talk about the movie. It is written and directed by George Gallo. Who hasn't done a lot, uh, at least not a lot of interesting stuff, since since then. No. Um. He's done. He's done a lot of like TV. Why can't I find? Oh, there he is. Um. And he directed uh, a, a movie this year uh, called Vanquish, which I haven't seen it yet, oh. but I hear it's fucking terrible. So I'm <laughs> probably gonna check it out. Okay. <laughs> um. I mean, just looking at his stuff, I think he's a writer first and foremost. And I guess his biggest accomplishment is uh, Bad Bad Boys, no. the Will Smith Martin Lawrence movie. Yeah. Or no way, I guess uh, maybe Midnight Run. I haven't seen that one, but I, I hear it's good. Oh, <laughs> uh, Midnight Run. Which one is that? I'm just gonna. All oh, right, that one. No, it's the I, Robert I, De Niro movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know of it. Yeah. Um. Well, anyway, th- this, however, I-, I guess that's what's kind of like, because I know I know that one is like a classic. Um, so I'm guessing that he was he was coasting on that from 19, uh, 1988, and then he's like, I'm gonna make my own movie, and he made uh, he made Trapped in Paradise. Wow. <sighs> uh, the story is pretty easy. It's uh, three bank robbers, two recently released from prison, um, three bank robbing brothers. Or I guess criminal brothers decide to go down to the to the picturesque little town called Paradise because uh, they they they've heard um, that uh, it, it it's a very easy bank to rob basically. Um, there there's there's more to it, but that's basically it. But they get stuck in the city, and uh, throughout throughout Christmas Eve they get to know more of the the citizens of Paradise. And their hearts turn from ice to, uh, you know, whatever the warm equivalent of ice is. I don't know. Water? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Um, but uh, what did you what did you think, Kisofer? What did you think of Trapped in Paradise? Well, first of all, yes, I laughed a lot in this movie. Oh. I thought I, it, I thought it I was pretty funny. Uh, it worked as a comedy. It's yeah, the the specifically the how how the three brother or the actors uh, just played off each other. Uh, you could you could see that they had fun on fun while making it, and a lot of jokes landed. I say more landed than didn't for me at least. Oh, okay. So I guess that's that's a good thing, but no, it's not a it's not a movie I will recommend or see again. Probably, um, um, I I probably will see it again, um, just because it's a Christmas movie. Uh, yeah, I yeah. But, I, but that's if you. A Christmas if a Christmas movie is just remotely good, I'll probably watch it at least one more time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's I I mean, 
I, it was enjoyable. That's that's what I can say about it. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 kind of funny because I didn't. I when I was watching this, I really thought like, oh, Christopher's gonna hate this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can guess see that. I, I can main, see it. mainly because of Dana Carvey. Um, yeah, he because he's hamming it up extremely, and his voice I think was the worst thing in the movie. <laughs> that, that was yeah, I I hated it at first, but he stuck to it, and it kind of grew on me. I have to say, yeah, he made it part of a ca- part of his character in a yeah, way, exactly. Because when we talked talked about um, Nicolas Cage in uh oh, what was it called? The Mary what? Sue got married. Mary no. Sue got ma- yeah. Um, not Mary Sue. The um, Peggy Sue. Peggy Sue. Yeah. Sorry. Like we talked in Peggy Sue got married, where you felt that the the voice was the character were all, was already there, and then they put mm. the voice on it. Yeah. Uh, which made it sort of weird throughout the entire movie. You couldn't really get past it entirely. In this movie, it felt like Dana Carvey, his voice was a part of the character, so you sort of forgot about it uh, after a while, at least. Yeah, exactly. It be it, it, it yeah, like you said, it really became part of the character. Yeah, but it's still, I didn't like the voice, and it was an, an <laughs> really annoying voice. But but it's I at the end, it it was I didn't think actively about it. Sure. No. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. Um, and I, um, my, I get, I get, my, my, uh, my thoughts on this movie, because I just finished watching it, like, 20 minutes ago, um, and I was, uh, reading some reviews, um, and I, they, I'm, I, like, now, now rethinking the movie after having read those reviews, I'm, I'm letting those reviews color my opinion, which I rarely do, but now it's just, yeah, that's true, because this, this, we should say, this movie... Did not do well. Um, I don't know how well it did in the box office, but critics-wise, it flopped, like, hard. Oh, okay. Nobody liked it. Yeah, it didn't do very well either, I see here. Um, it, it grossed $6 million worldwide. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't have a budget, but I'm guessing this was at least, like, a $10, $15 million budget, so... Probably. Yeah. Um, it got horrible reviews. Um, I, I I couldn't even find them on 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 Metacritic, so I had to look them up on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. And Roger Ebert like said it should be preserved in the natural or the the Library of Congress as like the the one of the worst movies ever made or something Come like on, that. And it's it's not like, that. Jesus Christ! It's not that yeah. bad. I I I was I was uh, surprised over how poorly this was received. Yeah, that that because it's not great. Brutal. Yeah, but it was it was it was. Good. I can see why some people had a problem with this. Kind of in the same way um, the people had a problem with Amos and Andrew. Because that, that movie talked about it being totally inconsistent. Yeah. And this one is as well. It, it, it Looking at the trailer and looking at the poster, it's being sold as like a wacky comedy. Dana Carvey, John Lovitz. But the movie is... It's not really... A, well, it is a comedy, but it's... it's, it's um. There's a lot of like, um, not melodrama, but you have you know a lot of like calmer, like dramatic moments with people just being nice and being happy and sitting around a table. It's not, it's not the the, the wacky comedy you think it's gonna be. Well, 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 well. Ah, so, well, yeah, there are parts of it that are that, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, this movie, clash, you... clashing ideas all over the movie. I did, I didn't do that, but I can, I promise you, you can take. There is a uh, only a specific specific amounts of minutes between every joke. There is not like a calm fifteen minutes in this movie. There are no, jokes no, yeah. like every four or five minutes at least. Oh sure, sure, sure. So I wouldn't but say I mean, this is this is uh, it's all over the place as Amos and Andrew was definitely not. This is a straightforward no. comedy. This I would say this the tonal shift in this is the same as in. Uh, um, uh, the what is it called? The Griswold movies. Oh, uh, vacation. The vacation movies. Yeah, it's the same kind of tone in this. I'd say eh, it's, okay, it's wacky yeah. comedy, and then sometimes there's some heart, but mostly it's comedy. I well, I I, I for me it was almost the other way around. It's like more 
more uh, more drama and then you know some wacky comedy here and there. I don't know. <laughs> I I wholeheartedly disagree in that one. <laughs> I just say this is comedy all the way through. On on the it, other hand, there was a lot of comedy in this that is uh, more. Um, uh, what do you say? It's it's a mellow comedy, whereas like there isn't one of those uh, just slapsticky, very uh, expressive comedies, or just it's more like small lines here and there, uh, which sort of breaks it up. So I would say more in a maybe Swedish kind of way. Oh, okay, yeah, sure, yeah. I would yeah, say yeah. so, but there is comedy through and through. Most just oh. that it it goes. From, goes from very slapsticky and easy to spot comedy to very m- more not to be like that, but more sophisticated comedy. <laughs> if you get I don't know if, a better way to call it, but you know, sure, I, I know what you mean. It's it's a little more uh, uh, low low profile. It's yeah. not like look at me, look at me, I'm funny. It's just exactly. you know, ha 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 moments. Oh, okay, ha ha. <laughs> and, and no, I I do not understand the that gig got that low reviews. I did not know that until you, oh, it until got, you it, told me. It got horrific reviews. <laughs> Maybe we'll save those for later like we usually do, but yeah. it got terrible reviews. <laughs> hmm. um, but, okay, let, let's say, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, like, uh, this is this is kind of last week all over again. We're, we're just trying to uh, convince each other of each other's <laughs> uh, point of view. Yeah. But I... I'm, uh, because because Dana Carvey and John Lovitz are obviously um, SNL uh, comedians, SNL people, SNL alumni. Yeah. Um, so you think of them as you know wacky comedians, and that's usually the characters they play, like funny wacky characters. Um, and it, it kind of felt like they were from a wacky comedy, but they th- those characters were from a wacky comedy that then got inserted into this kind of. Um, um, more, more, more calm. More insert almost like into uh, it's a wonderful life. There's a lot, of, mm. not a lot, but there are definite re- references to it's a wonderful oh, yeah. life here with the I, bank I, and how everyone's say, so loving in town. And I would say this town is. I don't know if that's the point, but it definitely reads as a parody of what a wonderful life town. That oh yeah, that it town. it it, ha- it has to be. It has to that be. it's it's just they take what a wonderful life that town and just. Put it over the edge that it becomes almost absurd. Um, yeah, which is which is another one of those a, a little more mellow or, or um, again sophisticated comedies where yeah. the joke it's... is just how absurd these things are. Because at the beginning of the movie, you come into this, they come into this town, and everyone is really nice, and they are there to rob a bank and be the yeah. bad guys in the story, so to speak, and. And they, then all this niceness everywhere, it just becomes a problem for them. It's every <laughs> yeah. issue they have is because of people are so fucking nice and they can't <laughs> handle it. And then it sort of switches to when they need help, they still get the same kindness. And yeah, then yeah. it's a good thing. And because we have this both sides of the coin from it's, it's annoying and weird to it's welcome and nice... Uh, that's also a, a a comedy throughout the entire movie. Just that thing, that absurdity. And the more you you go through the movie, just as Nicolas Cage character, the more you get invested and thinking this, they are pretty nice, aren't they? <laughs> this, is, this is a pretty good place to live. This is... uh, and you get like oh, sort yeah. of pulled into it. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um... But I, I still think I, for for me it it felt a little jarring to have basically two clowns running around in the town from It's a Wonderful Life. It it, it clashed for me. It clashed a little bit. Yeah. Um. And and Nicolas Cage kind of along for the ride. He fits in a little better because mm. he's supposed to be the straight man in the in the movie. He's the protagonist. Um, yeah. So he worked. But I mean, I don't know. Having Dana Carvey going, hey, he's little thing. He's little in the middle of yeah this. Picturesque uh, Christmas little little Christmas town. It was just it felt weird. Uh, I, I mean, uh, by the end I was uh, fully in on it, but it it was jarring at, in the beginning. Yeah, I I agree, but I see that as the strength in the movie. <laughs> okay, so I see that as as part of the movie that would take these bank robber. It's, 
so again we take these like comic uh, absurd characters from a heist movie and we put them in this super nice what a wonderful life town and that, I think that's just um oh what, what do you call it um those two opposing forces makes okay, yeah. makes the movie in a way, and I think okay. that's that's what I sort of like. Sure. So, yeah. so yeah, we we agree on most things, just that I like it, and you didn't really like it. No, I, I, yeah, I like I like less. I'll yeah, say yeah, that yeah. I like less because I still liked it. Yeah. Um, it, it was just it got like I said, it was I I liked it through and through <laughs> until I read reviews and like and they were. They, the reviews were so bad. It was. It was one of those. Wait, was was I wrong? Did I miss something? <laughs> this was pretty good. Why do they say it sucks? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I um, haven't read any of it, but I can't believe no. people put it that low. Yeah, I mean, I this, yeah. this is. I I would, I would understand if people put like a five or a four on this one. But or like a one. <laughs> yeah, but th- but give it like a two, three, or a one. I I can't see that. Because I mean, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a disaster. Everyone did a good job. Nothing was really a problem through the movie. No, yeah, I I, I agree. I I enjoyed it. Um, I thought I thought the setup, like what my problems with it are like little things. Like I thought the setup for how they came to to the to paradise to the town of paradise was a little like uh, it could have been done easier the movie's almost two hours long it did not need to be that long that's true that's a big issue the movie was definitely too long yeah like it takes them was it like 30 minutes or almost 40 before they actually robbed the bank which is kind of the mm. um uh what's it called the inciting incident the the starting incident to start off the movie really yeah um, that should have been in like the first twenty minutes, and honestly, uh, I know you know it's not it's not fair. It's like, oh, I would have rewritten it to make it better. But mm. I mean, imagine imagine if if Nicolas Cage's character was in prison as well, um, but he had like fully during his five years or two years or whatever how long they were in prison, um, he he had like gone on the straight and narrow. He's like, I'm a reformed prisoner. And when I'm getting out, I'm gonna get me a real job. I'm I'm turning my back on crime and all that. And while his two his two uh, ne'er do well brothers are like, nah, man, we gotta get back out there, start robbing stores or whatever. Um, and they kind of get ha- have them, and and he and him like trying to get a job, but it doesn't work. So he he goes along with it and instead of them luring him into a bank robbery, because he he. When they when they first tried to like get him in on the bank robbery, he's like, no, no way, I'm not gonna do it. And then when he he kind of figures out that they're uh, like may, uh, uh, tricking him to go to Paradise to check out the bank, and he gets it, but he still goes along with it. And when they walk into the bank, he doesn't. He just immediately starts scoping out the place because he knows you know what to do. Yeah, it's not like oh damn you! Why I knew you tried to trick me. No, he just walks in like okay, the cameras are there, the guard is asleep, the bank vault is open. Okay, it's like hey, wait a minute, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I think they, because they, there was a lot of time just uh, explaining the characters and where they come from and all that, uh, specifically Nicolas Cage character. But it felt like they introduced the wrong aspects of the character. Mm. There was none of the char- none of the aspects that we needed to know, uh, like that he's a restaurant manager and yeah. these things. And because one of the things, because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they they never explain if Nicolas Cage character ever was in on anything, right? Before the movie started. No, they don't. They they hint at it that he had definitely done some illegal stuff with them yeah. but you know he he had tried to you know walk away yeah because they went they ended up in prison and he got a job because you know? my my thinking my head canon that that was <laughs> never never debunked but never uh confirmed either. confirmed either that is yeah. that that he was the brains in the operation yeah that it was the, that though is. that they the three brothers they did things like that maybe robbing banks or whatever 
uh, and then he pulled out, and that's and they... why the other two bears got caught because they mm-hmm. tried, they continued without him, and he didn't yeah. plan. Uh, that's, Something like that. That's my head canning, at least. And that could have been nice if they just explained that, because that also could have worked with the beginning with the wallet. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there's this <laughs> thing with this... When he finds a wallet, and then he has this big crisis of faith of, should I return it, or should I take the money in the vault wallet? Yeah, he, he looks at it, it's shit, there's hundreds of dollars in here. But then he sees photos of children and a cute dog, and like, oh my god, he's a parent, he's got children, I can't do it, and, but it's $800! <laughs> yeah, and at that <laughs> Which point... Which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but at that point, we just don't really understand if, is he a criminal, or is he just a greedy guy, or... yeah. Because, I mean, I think most people will have the the same reaction if they find a wallet with $800. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> where you go, oh, I mean, it's a lot of money, but... I mean, everyone would go through that crisis of faith, so that's not really explaining his character if he's a criminal or not. No, exactly. Uh, and then when, when, uh, when the brothers are released and he picks them up... Um, you know, they, they talk about, oh boy, I guess the economy is in the toilet. Look at this trash heap. And he's like, hey, it's my car. So he's obviously not doing well, even though he has a, a pretty good job, I suppose. I guess. So, so we don't really, it would have been better if we actually knew if he was like, he was on heart at heart had hard times that he was like having a crisis of faith. Like, should I go back to doing criminal stuff or whatever. We, we don't really get a clear picture of him yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, and that, that is, that is I think that's one of the biggest issues with his character. Yeah. Is that we don't really know his, where he stands in mm-hmm. all of this. More than, we know he, that he doesn't like it, but we don't get if he has a history about it. Because, again, when yeah. we talk about when he got into the bank, he definitely knew what he was doing and he, yeah, he, he was looking exactly at the right things and he was like going around and it's it feels like this is not his first time sort of no definitely not um but from 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 there um i they they spend a lot of time with the actual robbery that's a like a sizable chunk of the movie and i was worried it was going to turn into like a hostage drama cuz i'd yeah. only seen I didn't watch the entire tra- trailer. I just watched a little bit, so I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Um, so I started like, oh no, they're going to be stuck in the bank the whole movie. But then they didn't. I was very happy with that. Yeah. Um, uh, and it, I, I think the bank robbery was, I think it was the perfect length for the movie. Uh, oh, sure, yeah. And and it was, I think it was pretty pretty good. It was, it was, a, pretty, it was a lot of jokes that I enjoyed. I think it was pretty funny. Uh, they got the got it done, and, and yeah. it, it set up a lot of things with a lot of characters oh, yeah. that were set up at the same time and things like that. Oh yeah, and then we get a little um uh we we a little uh not reference, but I I definitely thought of Red Rock West while watching this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you got that as well. <laughs> yes, I was thinking of that specifically the. Going out and going into town. Yeah, and seeing the sign. Welcome yeah. to paradise. <laughs> but unfortunately, I say that's the, that's one of the things that it drags out the movie unnecessarily. Yeah. It's this... like three times they try to leave and get dragged back into town. Yeah, and it's it would have been better if they just decide to stay in town until it all blew over, sort of. Yeah, exactly. Instead of having three wacky escape attempts, yeah. they just bide their time. They're having hanging out at the Christmas party, trying to act normal, and then we're going to go to the Christmas fest yeah. and visit church. All the things they do, but without the escape attempts, which would also have cut down on the, the runtime. Yeah, because I think that I, I thought that was the movie, that they were going to spend the entire movie at the bank manager's uh, uh-huh. house. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. that would be the movie, the hijinks of trying to oh, hide well. the fact that they have all the bank's money <laughs> stashed yeah. in, in a duffel bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, again, it, as soon as I thought that I knew where we were going, they just went another way. Yeah. I think, that w- I guess that's good. Yeah, sort <laughs> of, but it also, it also was a problem for like, uh, pacing, um, and, and tone for me for the movie. And it also made it so that the the 
kind of unnecessary and really only crammed in there because you need a love story. Love story didn't work at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had like three scenes together, and in the end, they kiss and they're in love, and they're gonna spend the rest of their life. Wait, what? How? What? Yeah, the love story. Known each other for hours. The love story was garbage. Yes. But fortunately, it didn't detract because since it was so, they had like three scenes together, which were combined maybe five minutes on screen. So it didn't. It wasn't. uh, It wasn't. An issue for me because I, I literally forgot about it through the. Oh yeah, of the sure. Movie. Because it doesn't become it doesn't become Nicholas Cage falls I guess falls in love with a bank teller at the bank. Um, well, of course she's a bank teller at the bank. Uh, whatever. <laughs> um, the bank teller at the Sioux store. Um, uh, but she doesn't become the reason for why he turned his life around. But instead, that is the town of paradise and all yeah. the people that they meet. All the people that are so nice to them just makes them want to be better people and return the money and everything. And they, they, that was good. So she wasn't the only reason. Like, I've changed. You gotta yeah. love me. That w- Then it would have been complete garbage. Yeah. And another thing, I, I think that's... Cause Again, the leaving and entering town, remove that, or at least mm. majority of it. Yeah, remove, maybe once. That's yeah, it. Maybe yeah. once. Remove her from the script. Re- remove the yeah. fucking his, her father from the script. Just yeah, the other inmates going like, yeah. oh, "This was my score, you bastards!" Yeah, they just introduced more things that didn't do anything for the movie. So just remove that, and just because she, uh, the brother. John Lovett's character, he lied about her uh, yeah. to get Nicolas Cage character there, so why not just make it a complete lie? Exactly. Why have a half-lie with people? It's... Ah. <sighs> yeah. And, and a lot of those things made it the runtime drag, drag out. Yeah. Um, or if you're going to have a love story, at least have her be a prominent character in the story. Have her be part of the story, not just show up. Here and here, here and there. Yeah, and I, like let that be like a a running B plot throughout the movie that they keep running into each other when they're you know they they try to escape but you know they see her and she's at the store and then she's at of course she's at the dinner because she lives there like yeah. in the movie and they you know get to know each other gradually through the movie and then they fall in love of course at the end. Yeah. Here was just like oh you you're the girl in the movie let's kiss. What? What? No. <laughs> it's stupid. Uh, and um, those other, the guys, the storekeepers or deputies or whatever. Yeah. Also just pointless characters in the movie. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's where I'm feeling that this, that there are, the, the tones are clashing. Because you have the classic Christmas movie thing. Uh, a movie movie theme, I should say, not thing. Um, but then you have all these other things that feel like they're they're part of like a yeah like a heist comedy, and they don't gel with the rest of the story. The 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 prisoners, the yeah the the store guys, the FBI agents that barely do anything in the movie. By the way, Richard Jenkins, um, who gotta was say, in gotta what could say, happen to you? Gotta say though, I thoroughly enjoy the FBI agents. Really? They were barely in the movie. <laughs> yeah, but I specifically the the main guy. Um cuz I really we had enough of him to to get him to understand him and his frustration yeah. with this entire thing cuz we sure. have this thing that so FBI is called in because of the bank robbery and he's he's just it's Christmas. I had plans with my family, my my uh, wife was gonna cook this thing. We had this all planned, and now I'm here in this fucking hellhole. And he just keeps keeps trying to miss these guys, these guys, and through the entire night, he just gets angry and more frustrated. And then he, and it seems like the town is against him in most parts. <laughs> yeah, in the end. And he's yeah. just he's just so done with this entire thing. And then when he gets them at the end, the town is like, no, we forgive him. We forgive them, it's fine. And he's just so mad and so angry. And at that point, I I, got, I, I understand, man. I understand. <laughs> this, I'm here. I'm missing entire Christmas Eve because this 
because of nothing, because the town is like, oh no, we're goody two shoes. And I, I, th- I thought that was just hilarious through the entire movie. So I enjoy <laughs> that thoroughly. All right. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um. Well, let's let's discuss uh, let's discuss Nicolas Cage then, the star of this podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, because at first, I felt like this was going to be another. Another, like we talked about last week, another one of those his more his more reined in, trying to appeal to a mainstream yeah. audience kind of performances, and I was like, oh no, maybe he's just trying to like make regular movies. <laughs> but then, all throughout the movie, there are little little things, little, cracks. little stuff, things. Yes, little cracks are showing. Yeah. Um, and there are some like outbursts, and but he he turns this. Um, what otherwise could have been a pretty like normal character into his own thing, even if it is m- much more subtle than he has he has done before. Like towards the end there, when he finds out that the whole thing with the letter and the daughter was mm. a lie, and he's like, <laughs> "Liar, liar, pants on fire! <laughs> Your nose has grown as long as a telephone wire." <laughs> Like menacing John Lovitz, <laughs> it was great. Yeah, I, he was he was really great. This movie, it was a perfect blend of because again, his character in this movie is the straight man. Yeah, that that's his character. But because it is Nicolas Cage, he has these cracks of cracks of well, rage cage. That was we call it. These cracks <laughs> of just rage and frustration, just exploding. It's or well, it's like. It's simmering at the all the time, but then sometimes oh, yeah. it just explodes, and you see it in his eyes at a few times, specifically when they're leaving, uh, leaving for paradise. Yeah. Uh, oh when, yeah, yeah. When they're oh, still yeah, in, yeah. In, in New Jersey, I think they. And he has this. His lines aren't that menacingly, and his tone isn't, but his eyes are just full of burning hatred and anger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, it, and I was feeling nobody could have done this. No, yeah. At, at first it feels like this, just like just like uh, Honeymoon in Vegas or even It Could Happen to You, it felt like this could have been like some other, just some other character. Tom Hanks, like, specifically oh. for, for Honeymoon in Vegas, but oh. here as well. But then, yeah, then he made it his own. Yeah. Um, in, in a way we haven't really seen before, because before this we've only seen the full-on rage cage or the kind of like boring every everyday general audience Nicolas Cage, and here was a perfect blend, really. Yeah, and he has which this, I really enjoyed. He has these moments. That's sort of the end of the movie when he, he sort of finds the good and decides to help yeah. the town, and he he gets this 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 happiness and this fake smile uh, and, <laughs> yeah. this, and again you still see that that anger and frustration but now he pretends to be happy about it sort of yeah. and yeah so i think this i'd say so far probably one of his best performance uh it's up there at least it's just unfortunately it's in this movie yeah in, uh, a, in a pretty uh, sure, it's a it's a fine movie, but it's all I, I can. It's a bland movie. Yeah, you know, but yeah. if we put this his performance in this movie, put it in a in a great movie, it's yeah. Oh, it would have been amazing. Yeah, because the performance is is I'd say flawless. Uh, yeah, for, for what he what he has at least, uh, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, because it is again as you said, it's a very bland role. It could have been played by sort of anyone, but just because of his twist and twists and turns with the things it's something else <laughs> yeah 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 um uh, was there was there anything specific that you didn't like with his performance uh well, his performance or the movie in general um well i mean the movie has a lot of flaws there was a lot again love story definitely love story oh sure yeah, uh, yeah. So, so there's a lot of flaws in the movie uh in his performance though um Maybe it's it's a, a small thing, but and I don't know if it's his fault. I don't think so. But when the movie goes in sort of uh, romance th- territory, those scenes, yeah. he plays them very boring. Mm-hmm. 
He plays. Yeah. It's it's he he sort of reverts back to the the character from the last two movies. Sure. Uh, of just a boring guy who is in love, and it, he he sort of drops the the character he plays, and then he has this scene, and then he gets back to it. Yeah, um, and I I agree that that's the one thing for me. But I I I would I would attribute that to 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 the script then that they, yeah. they did they didn't have there was no chemistry between them, but that's because they didn't have any time to develop any chemistry. Yeah. So that's that's the problem there. But yeah, I agree. Those are the those are the most boring scenes. Specifically in this uh the scene in the graveyard. Yeah, it's, when when they're supposed to have like a connection. Yeah, it's just he sort of I think mostly him, he sort of rushes through the lines and just uh he has these I don't know, he just oh, this uh this tombstone. It says Anderson. Is it his? Oh yeah, it's his uh, uncle. Oh yeah. okay, and the dash between the line. Imagine the whole life. Oh, it didn't on. make it. It made. It didn't make any sense. I mean, it made sense, but it didn't make any sense. It was so bad. It was so bad. Yeah, and I'm, most of the lines could have worked in, in a in a romance movie, sure, but because of the deliver delivery from Cage and the the context of the rest of the movie, it just didn't work at all. No, and it, yeah. and the weirdest scene I think is well, it's still not scene, but when he sort of hugs the the gate, <laughs> yeah. When, when she leaves, it, he does this leaning, hugging on a gate, looking longingly, and just, what's going on? Yeah, uh, yeah that, that is that was that is that subplot was the worst part of the movie. Yeah. So that's the worst part of the movie and it's the worst part of his performance. I'd say the only bad part of his performance, I'd say. Uh, and I, yeah. I and I won't bl- I don't blame him for it. No, no, exactly. Exactly. Um what's what's kind of funny though, I got I, um talking more about behind the scenes um because you said it, it felt like people had a lot of fun behind the scenes. Um or, or you felt like they did. That was the complete opposite, according to John Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he uh, he said in some interview that that people referred to the the, the people working on the movie referred to it as uh, trapped in hell. Oh. No, trapped in bullshit. Because <laughs> uh, John Lovitz uh, claimed that the cast hated making the movie so much they took to calling it trapped in bullshit. Huh. <laughs> um, and then a- any that, reason why or just. Uh, I don't know. He also mentions this is probably all all from one and the same uh, interview with him because he also says that the director George Gallo, who wrote, wrote it, didn't actually direct much of the movie and just you know told the cast like you know do do the thing, say your lines, and you know he was a bad director basically, mm. and that Nicolas Cage took on some of the directing duties because uh, uh, George Gallo just didn't didn't give any. He was just like, oh. say your lines, you know, it's fine. So Nicholas Cage stepped in like, here's your motivation. <laughs> um, so, yeah, apparently it wasn't a very pleasurable experience to make the movie. Huh. All right. Yeah, which you, I didn't really feel that at all. No. I, it, it, it felt genuinely like heartwarming. And uh, even if it was a little too much sometimes, it was funny. So I, it, it did, like you said, it felt like a movie where people had a lot of fun making it, but it was yeah. completely the opposite. I, I had the feeling that several times, but that's, well, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it, it wasn't like that. When uh, it felt like Dana Carvey and Lovitz sort of riffed and uh, improved against each other. Some oh, scenes yeah. felt like that. and Oh, well, they probably did, you know, since yeah. they didn't have any direction. <laughs> <laughs> Um. But yeah. That's... So, but that was that was interesting to read. That it was kind of a mess behind the scenes. Mm. Um. And I guess uh, I I guess uh, George Gallo was more of a writer than a director. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I did read in trivia, which I don't understand, and I can't see it at all, that Dana Carvey's voice or acting was based on Mickey Rourke. Yeah, I read that too, and I I can kind of see it, but that he's. Making it comedic instead of just being yeah. a faithful uh, impression. Because if you think of, they mentioned because you know, Mickey Rourke was in Rumblefish, yeah, um, and he has a very he has a very uh, light, uh, almost like frail voice in that movie, and that's kind of how he sounds in like eight in the eighties and early nineties. 
Um, if you compare it to how he sounds now. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Several but, decades and but, uh, booze bottles later. But again, because in... Um, again, Rumblefish is maybe not the best example. Cause, but in that one, he plays extremely... Or he, he talks really softly and yeah. quietly. And, and this is sort of the complete opposite of very loudly and squeaky. Well, I mean, there I is. Think, at least, yeah. I, I, there's definitely a, s- a soft quality to Dana Carvey's voice. Even mm. when he like swears at the the cars when they're hitting him at, during the bank robbery, he's like, "Hey, man, what the hell are you doing? Come on, bro." Mm. Um, I mean, I um, like I said, I don't, I don't think it's supposed to be a a, a perfect impression, but you know, taking on some of the mannerisms of his voice. Mm. I, I, I mean, I didn't see it before I read it, but when I read it, it was like, yeah, okay, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess, but yeah, it. <coughs> I think it's a stretch, but I, I get if he says bit, so, sure. it is so. I guess so. Um, <laughs> I, I can't. I guess no, it does not what it does. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, again, it's. It's a pretty good movie. Um, pretty good movie, yeah. Um, and uh, since uh, since since we are recording this in the beginning of November, I'm definitely adding this to my <laughs> list of Christmas movies. So, so it is, and and uh, as you said before, in in every Christmas movie that isn't terrible is on your list. So, well, well that's that's a stretch. But well, I that's mean, sort of what like, you said. I, I, I did say that. Literally, I did say that. But, I mean, I've seen bad Christmas movies that I don't put on my list. Mm-hmm. But, but, I mean, this one is good enough that I'm, I am going to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, maybe not every year, but some years. Yeah, sure, definitely. Yeah. So, it is a, it is a, it's a worthy Christmas movie, at least. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, but, like, like I said in the beginning, I, I got more of a, you know, um, storybook Christmas, almost like Christmas feeling from... It could happen to you more yeah. than this, even though this had all the you know the, the the all the lights and the snow and you know the Christmas miracles. Yeah. Um, I actually preferred the the miracle part or whatever you want to call it of yeah. it could happen to you. But this this wins over and actually goes on my Christmas list because it is a Christmas movie. Yeah, I'd say I did not get that much Christmas feeling from this movie. Uh, not for the lack of they trying. Well, yeah, uh, no, yeah, they try really hard. But but I think it was uh, too much. Um, I don't know, too much running around in not Christmas area like a bus stop, or even though it's sort of goes against what I'm saying. But inside in the forest, I don't get get any Christmas feelings inside a forest. Oh, um, sure. And like, yeah, truck stops, and there was there was like Denny's or something at the time. I, yeah, I think some some diner. Yeah. Some some too many locations that was not Christmas themed for my uh, for for me to get invested in, in the Christmas okay. part of it at least. But again, you saw that they tried. Oh, yeah. they even have a sled. So <laughs> yeah, they're trying to escape on a ho- horse and 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 carriage. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, that's pretty Christmassy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, then then the whole thing with with like you know, them becoming um, uh, they they get the Christmas spirit and return the money and the town mm. helping them and all that. It was it was very very Christmassy, very yeah. Christmas miracle-y. Um And and I for for me that's more important than the the the, lo- the locations. Like I. Uh. Um, you you can still experience the Christmas miracles in a bus stop. Yeah, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess. But again, I ha- I have the same issue with Bad Santa. I think it's a good Christmas movie, but I don't get the Christmas feeling from that movie. Oh, okay. Because because okay. again, the, the locations aren't really they're not that for me. Okay. I need the, the 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 lights in the town and the Christmas trees and the bands playing on the street and all that. Oh yeah. All that those things. It needs to be Home Alone. It needs to look very pretty. <laughs> yeah, Home yeah. Alone or a Christmas Carol or. Uh, oh yeah. I, yeah, I, I, well, I don't know. Wonderful Life. Yeah, Wonderful Life. But that's just because it's an amazing movie. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, even that, have to try. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Uh, we're not going to talk too much about that. But, um, that that movie barely takes place during Christmas. Yeah. Like it takes place over several years, and only really only like the beginning and the end is actually Christmas. But it's become like the Christmas movie. <laughs> and you did know that it. Uh... It sort of bombed when it came out. Yeah, I know. And I, 
I cannot understand it. People um, people sat down and watched it and said, mm, nah, I'm not buying yeah. it. Like, Jesus Christ. Do you have no soul? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. But again, well, it is that much of topic to talk about because this movie is definitely a, a sort of half and half parody of, of that movie. Yes, yes, yes. So. There are lo- lots of references. And I, I like that. Yeah. But um, before we before we talk about what what uh, what scores we give this, um, mm-hmm. I thought we should we should just read uh, some some excerpts here from the uh, the um, the critics, and okay. it's kind of funny because no one I haven't found any reviews from the time. All I found is um, from uh, from January first two thousand and forward, hmm. and then we have we have one even past the, even the Ebert. Oh yeah, the Roger Ebert is from yeah, it's from January first, two thousand. Huh. So I don't know if it was like a re-release or I know uh, the trailer. The trailer that is going around for this is a home video trailer. So maybe it was released on video in two thousand or something. I don't know. Uh, And people just didn't care about it in ninety (laughs) four. But the the one positive um, review it got. It's still only like an okay review. And this is this is the the critics' reviews. It's not the no. This, yeah, this reviews. is critic reviews. Yep. So this is Todd McCarthy from Variety, and he he reviewed it in two thousand and eight, and he says has enough in the way of sentiment and goofy situational predicaments to put it over as a serviceable family holiday attraction. That's the best this movie's gonna get. <laughs> Oof. Um. And then we have uh, uh, from from Wally Hammond at timeout. Cage looks cold most of the time and has a retractable stubble. The rest of the cast looks like they're waiting for summer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then there's one guy I don't know who he is. Emmanuel Levy from EmmanuelLevy.com who didn't even write anything. He just gave it two out of five. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then of course that's. Uh, we'll finish it with with these two here. Considering that there isn't a single laugh in the whole picture, the term comedy must be used loosely. From Hal Hinson. Like, okay. Liar. <laughs> and here we go. Roger Ebert. Uh, 2000. Yeah. It should be preserved by the Library of Congress as an example of creative desperation. It plays like a documentary about a group of actors forced to perform in a screenplay that contains not one single laugh or moment or, of wit or flash of intelligence. Score a half out of four. <laughs> Jesus, that's... Yeah, I... Okay, okay, one more. One more from Chris Hicks. None of this is funny. One out of five. <laughs> uh, one out of four. Yeah. I, I mean, again, because the other guys, I don't, I don't barely know who they are, but Ebert, he... Well, sometimes I I, res- I respected him as a critic. Yeah. I, I respect him as a critic. He's passed on, but still. Um, but sometimes he just got it flat out wrong. Yeah. In my opinion, at least. I mean, it's I his mean, opinion, but you know. I'm f- Again, as I said before, I'm, I get it if people give this like a five or a four. I get yeah. it. Uh, but lower than that, that's just... <laughs> saying this movie have no funny laughs, that's just plain wrong. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of good jokes in here. For some reason, people just didn't like this. Yeah. Um, and the user score on um, on IMDb is it's it's more favorable. It's five point nine out of fourteen thousand ratings. So that's that's fair. Like a six. Yeah, sure. But uh, what was the comedy life uh, um, landscape at that time? What does that? Ninety four. Ah, so, okay. Uh, well. So, 94, we have uh, Ace Ventura. Oh, well, uh, Dumb yeah. and Dumber. Uh, okay. Uh, we have Beverly Hills Cop 3. Uh, um, <laughs> the Mask. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, I know. Jim Carrey really blew up there. You know? Junior. Well, I like Junior. Clerks. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, uh, uh, what I'm saying is, based on these movies, I guess... I sort of get it. Yeah, this is there's a lot of there's a 80, lot of comedy classics in. Yeah, uh, yeah this is 94. definitely an '80s movie. Yes, uh, oh in yes. How it feels, and it came out '94, so maybe that was the issue that it was like dated. Ed Wood all also. Uh, oh, I guess that's sort of a comedy. Oh yeah, I'd call that a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, maybe that was the issue that, and we, 
uh, now can go back and look at a 80s movie and, and enjoy it. Maybe that's the issue that they was comparing it with was what the comedy landscape was looking at ninety four. We're comparing it with comedies ever. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, so I mean, maybe yes, that's it. Has it has to be something because yeah. it does not deserve the the <laughs> the ire of the critics that it got. No. Very strange. Yeah, but well, yeah, what what on a scale of one to ten? Then what would you rate it? Um, I'm gonna give this um. Uh, yeah, it's. I'll say it's a, it's a strong six. Okay, I give it a yeah, strong six. Yeah. Well, I, I'll I'll give it the same then. What? Um, maybe not a strong six, but a six. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah uh, it's it's almost a seven, but not really. If they remove the, sh- the love story, it's it should have been a seven. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, tighten it up a little bit. It would yeah, have been a great movie. Tighten up. Uh, it was too long. There, there are issues, but it was. It's almost a seven. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's uh, that's it for Trapped in Paradise. Yeah. So that was the last movie, nineteen ninety four. Uh, yeah. I think he uh he made Kiss of Death in ninety four, but it was released in ninety five. Mm. I read something like that. So yeah, next uh, next year, 1995, he made two movies, Kiss of Death and Leaving Las Vegas. Yes. And uh, yeah, Leaving Las Vegas is the end of this season of the Nicolas Cage podcast. So it's two episodes left Yeah. Um, of the, the season one, Road to the Oscar, as we call yeah. it. Um, so yeah, next week, Kiss of Death. Uh, I do not know anything about the movie. I have not seen the poster or the trailer or read anything about it. I'm going to keep no. it that way. So. Yeah, me too. I'm not going to read it. I, I, I saw some thumbnails, uh, but I haven't read anything about it. No. So I'm, I'm, But I'm looking forward to it. So we'll, we'll see what that is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's and, it. Yeah, and I, and I also want to say, since if, if you're listening to this on YouTube or any of the podcast platforms... Um, yes, uh, Christmas just passed, but still, Merry Christmas. And uh, the next time you hear, when we talk about Kiss of Death, it's going to be 2022. So uh, I'll say a ha- Happy New Year uh, now. Uh, even though that feels weird since we're recording this uh, in, on November 8th. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yes. Uh, and we'll see you in the Kiss of Death episode. But until then... Uh, oh, by the way, if you want to hear these episodes uh, more when we kind of record them, check us out on, on Patreon. For just three bucks a month, you get all the episodes in advance. Um, then you've already, but you know, you already missed. It's still going to be almost New Year. But whatever. You get all the episodes in advance. Um, you also get exclusive ep- episodes of my other uh, podcast, uh, The Spoiler Cast. You get commentary tracks. You get so much stuff. And just three bucks a month. So please check that out if you have the cash to spare. But other than that, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Madness in the Method is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. It is hosted by Tobias Vedin and Christopher Billion. Editing and directing by Tobias Vedin. Executive producer is Annika Vedin. A huge thank you to all our Patreons over on patreon.com slash don't make a scene Rasmus Jonsson, Laura Kinney mom and dad